ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pat's Creative Podcast. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. Wouldn't you guess they're all special guests? It's pretty crazy. It's almost like everybody's special in their own way at some point. But I am joined by another special guest today, and that is, of course, Really Freaking Clever, also known as Josh. Josh, would you care to introduce yourself to the people out there? Hi, uh, my name is Josh. Um, if you know me on the internet, it's probably for one of two things. I do both the uh, self-titled Really Freaking Clever show on YouTube, which talks about uh, video game design. And then I also used to do the comedy series uh, 64 Things Wrong with insert video game that I wanted to make fun of here. Um, so I'm a content creator. I was making videos and streaming on YouTube uh, since 2013. So I've been doing this for eight years. And uh, these days I'm kind of, uh, was on a bit of a creative hiatus for a while, but I'm recently coming back kind of in a more musical direction. And yeah, I'm a man of a lot of different areas at the moment. Sure. And I, I, um, I only personally discovered you, um, uh, or at least fully started watching your content relatively recently, but you know, you're mentioning like you've been doing this for eight years. I have <laughs> vivid memories of at least seeing your thumbnails, uh, just through like recommended and stuff like that. And I'm always kicking myself for not checking you out sooner because you actually make a lot of really cool content. Um, but I, I remember just scrolling through like your channel feed and seeing all these, uh, old, like the, the blue style thumbnails. I'm like, oh man, I remember seeing those all the time. <laughs> um, if only I, I had indulged sooner, but, um, yeah, it is interesting. You brought up the music thing because in my head, uh, this is kind of some meta talk, but I was originally thinking we were going to start recording this, uh, last week. So I had like all my questions prepared and I was ready. Um, mm. and then it turns out I just got the date wrong and it was actually this week. Uh, but it's actually kind of good that we waited because there's been a new video of yours that's uploaded since then. Actually, yeah. yesterday, as of the recording time. Um, and I guess that might be kind of a good place to start since you mentioned it. Um, how, how is, how, for how long have you been interested in music creation and how is, do you feel like you're kind of shifting more towards that in general? Or do you think, um, is there things you prefer about music production over video production? What's your general thought process on that? So for me, um, music was a huge, huge um, kind of part of my life uh, growing up, like my teenage years, kind of, I guess, especially. Um, I was in like all the school bands and, and things like that and uh, wanted to like be a rock star with my friends and like started a band and would play at like friends' birthday parties and things like that. Um, sure. And uh, it was all mostly like just like classic rock covers and stuff whenever I was a kid. And that was... Um, that was kind of like my identity in high school. Like it's, it's almost like a meme actually on my YouTube channel that I used to have like hair down to my shoulders and a little like right. uh, chin patch and, and stuff like that. Like I, I look like the most cliche, like heavy metal, like stoner dude. Um, so I, I used to kind of really uh, be super into like rock music and uh, playing rock music and everything like that. And it was actually something um, whenever... I went to university was around the time that I started YouTube. And so as I stopped kind of doing music was when I started doing YouTube so that there wasn't right. a lot of crossover at first. And eventually it was kind of something uh, that I kept in my life a little bit because I did uh, musicals at university and there was a lot of kind of the more uh, I guess known jokes in my community from some of my videos were like song parodies and things like that. Sure. So I, I kept up with music a little bit, but it was only actually recently in the last um, six months or so um, during the whole quarantine 
that we found ourselves in that I really started kind of reconnecting with, oh my gosh, like I actually forgot that I really, really enjoy sure. songwriting and I, I really, really enjoy kind of exploring, um, like doing original music that wasn't just like based at comedy or wasn't like a parody right. song and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it, it was really interesting to kind of realize that, oh, I used to be really into this and I kind of stopped because a different kind of creative venture um, kind of like took my interest for a while. Sure. But then now I'm kind of circling around back to it and the last few months have been kind of like fitting it back into my life and finding out, okay, well, I'm like mostly known for making like video game comedy videos or something like that. How can I kind of... Um, how can I fit this new kind of uh, ambitions with music that I have into what right. I've already kind of like built up for myself on the internet? Sure. And and so you kind of stopped doing music stuff when you went into university. You weren't taking like uh, educational music courses or. Yeah, it was. Um, so I went to university and uh, initially I was going for computer science, but I wound up getting a degree in theater. And so I did. Um, I did a lot of musicals and stuff at the university, but the sure. thing was, was that um, the actual music program at the university was one of like the super hardcore, like bachelor of music, like you're going to right. eventually become a professional like orchestra player or something like that. Sure. So, um, so there was a lot of people that were in the actual programs that I kind of hung out with and got to be in musicals with. But um, it wasn't why I was there at university. Yeah. And for some reason, it always kind of felt like, oh, well, I can't like be in a band or something like that. Like everyone else that's kind of into that stuff is sure. like at the professional level and, and like literally yeah. going to university for this. So it was it was a little bit of just like kind of natural, like different hobbies and different interests, like kind of took sure. over while I was at school. But there was also a decent amount of it where it was like, oh, well, the, the people that are into music here are like really into music and like right. know their stuff. Whereas right. I was like, I was a drummer and like, I, I know a little bit of music theory and stuff, but it's like the very basic, like I play these chords on the guitar and they sound nice. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because you, you hear a lot of stories of, of people uh, going a different direction from a degree because um, the the program they have at their university is less robust. And it's interesting to hear the perspective of someone kind of avoiding it because it's almost too intense and, and, and too, uh, uh, I guess, good, for lack of a better word, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you, you hadn't really planned on ever being a full-time musician, basically? Yeah, no, um, because I was really into music in high school, but whenever I talked about it, to um like to guidance counselors or like my music teacher at the time um like i was i was very into like rock drumming and and like rock singing and things like that and it was like well you can't really go to university or at least like the schools that i was looking at you couldn't sure. really like um like study in like that kind of musicianship or even right. any time that i super did like look into like um uh, like the theory of like drumming and things like that. Like I was never one to like really um, be in depth with the rudiments and stuff like that. And right. so I was kind of, I guess, like warned against like if 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 you want to like have music be your job, like through university. And I was 
I was at the point in my life where I was like, yeah, I go to university after high school. That's that's just obviously what you do, where I have right. a bit of a different perspective on that now. But at the time, it was like, yeah, if, if you're if you go to university for music like that, it's hardcore and it's sure. like super in-depth. And that didn't really appeal to me as much. So I was I was like, I'm going to go in a different direction and then I'll I'll do like music on the side and, and right. still try and keep up with that. But you you kind of didn't do music on the side. Is that what you're saying for a while? Yeah, like I, I wound up kind of... Um, after the first few months of university, because initially I was there um, uh, for computer science was what I, I was right. initially planning to do. But then I also kind of found uh, in a similar situation, I didn't click with that um, as well yeah. either. Same um, here. I was computer science and then I switched over to graphic design. I was like, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, it was it was like that introductory course and like kind of like the base logic behind like computer programming was really interesting to me. But sure. then like the second that the complicated math like got <laughs> right. in there, like the second it had to go to the level past that, I was like, oh, if the if the rest <laughs> of this is like, if that's what the rest of this is like, I don't think right. I'm as into that. Sure. Um, but I, I was lucky at the time because I, um, um, I got involved in kind of the musical theater um, like side programs like they weren't um they weren't for classes or anything like that it was an extracurricular thing at my university right um but the musical theater kind of opened me to an actual like theater degree and that's what i wound up uh getting was i, I got my degree in acting and everything um but the music part of it i kind of just kept it at like oh i'll sing in these musicals because i have like a decent singing voice but i never sure. like went super hard on the like studying that or like I'm going to do music with my life or anything like that. Well, now, uh, what do you think the the biggest draw to music is for you? Are are you more interested in the the performing of it with regards to playing instruments and whatnot and improving your craft in that style? Are you more interested in the songwriting or singing specifically? Like, what do you think's the biggest draw to it? I think, honestly, the biggest draw is similar to, like, what I like about streaming and like youtube stuff where i i think it's my draw to entertain people and like sure. create for people specifically because i'm never um whenever i write songs it's never like oh i want to make like a super complex like piece or anything like that like i sure. want i like to write music that people are going to enjoy that people are that's going to get like stuck in people's head heads right. like i find myself writing a lot of like really poppy stuff oh like that was a really catchy song or like yeah. or hearing someone say like that's stuck in my head like for me the most important thing is always just being like making someone smile or just like uh yeah it's yeah. it's like making accommodating pieces as opposed to pieces that kind of stand on their own like um a, a lot of musicians feel like they have a message they need to send with their work and, and for people to hear that message. From what mm. I understand what you're saying, it's it's more of a, something to, to entertain them for a period of time, almost relying on escapism or just easing whatever they're doing while they listen to it, right? I, I think, it, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I that I don't have any value in like what I'm saying about because there is, sure, there sure. is songs that, that I've written that like... Um, that are important to me and that I like that like, oh, I, I think it's good that I'm singing about this and I hope people sure. like um, think about this more. Like um, like the song that I, I just put out um, was a bit kind of, uh, I wrote it um, during quarantine kind of about my own sexuality and, and like exploring that kind of 
through sure. um, a piece of music. But at the same time, um, I'm not trying to uh, think of anything as in like I need to make I need to make an important statement with right. this song or like um, or I need to like make my mark like right now. Like I want to just whenever I'm songwriting, it's the stuff that's important to me, the things that are on my mind. Right. But there also is that aspect of like I want it to be approachable to people and I want them to um, be able to get something out of it. Because I, I think like if I like if I wrote like a, a nine minute like song, uh, like from the depths of my soul or whatever, sure. but no, no one wants to listen to that. Like that's that's less like impactful to me, I think. Right. So I, I like kind of finding that balance. Yeah, so a, a mix of like self-articulation, but then also audience reception of how they hear what you're saying and they understand your purpose basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but still then, in a digestible and- way. Yeah. And that's kind of like, that's my approach at the start. Like I might eventually like do some more, um, uh, what's the word? Self-indulgent. I I don't mean that in like a negative way at all, but I might, I might eventually like, um, shift like the balance of how I kind of view those things for different projects. Um, but at the, at the moment, yeah, I, I kind of enjoy balancing those two aspects. Well then, um, I'm going to try to transition this into more, uh, into video making and ask, uh, mm-hmm. If you have that same kind of purpose with the works you create for YouTube or for streaming, like, do you feel like you are also doing this give and take of how much of your your um, personal uh, affection is is put into your work, or do you think it's more more of a form of just entertaining yourself when you're streaming or making videos? Um, I think um, when it when it comes to streaming. Um, Streaming for me is a lot more um, like a lot more live and, and kind of loose. So my approach to streaming, especially kind of lately, has been like less thinking about like, oh, what's like, how's the audience going to react to this? Or like, um, uh, I need to play this game to like get people interested or something like that. Like I've tried to look at streaming from less that perspective um because i i like streaming to kind of be like alive like this is what i'm up to today and and just kind of naturally bounce off whatever the audience brings but um it, it is that is also something that i do a lot um in videos because especially with later on episodes kind of really freaking clever um i I don't place myself like as one of like the top tier like video essay people or, sure. or anything like that. Like there's a lot of really, really smart people on YouTube that right. are talking about um, video games and video game design. And right. whenever I started out on YouTube, there was a lot less people doing that. Um, but like these days, like there's a lot of really well-informed people giving like sure. really good like video game design takes. And so my kind of um, process is like, Okay, I don't I don't have the biggest brain like in the room for sure. uh, or anymore for like these video game stuff, but I do I do still have like that desire to like entertain people. And so kind of the balance that I tried to go for was like getting these ideas across and like having that like clever thing about a video game that I want to impart on people, but right. also trying to um, give it kind of the same energy that I bring to a lot of like my comedy and kind of like joke about the games sure. so that um, 
I'm not focusing on like why like this game is the most important work in like the entire medium. Right. I want to like say this thing is cool and like I hope I can make you like laugh about it. And then by the end of the video, you are also like, oh yeah, that is that is cool. Like sure. I did get something yeah. from this. So it it, it again is a, a mix of of trying to perform and entertain people but also you are sharing your emotional responses to these these mm -hmm. pieces of work right yeah you're, um, you're you're trying to smuggle in like that idea like right. with a trojan horse of energy. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, no i think that's a great way to put it and i i think you know just to briefly go back to music i think that's what a lot of pop songs do too and it might be mm -hmm. why you're drawn to them is because uh they they do like to to bring in their emotional response but packaged in a way where you know it you don't immediately hear it. You might not immediately notice it, but it, it still resonates with you. And ultimately, mm -hmm. when we indulge in art, we're not we're not usually the same person before and after, even if it's just to an nth degree. And even pop mm -hmm. songs can do that, right? Yeah, um, I'm. I have a big fascination with like popular media or like the big like forms of entertainment and how that impacts people. Right. Um, whether whether that is like through pop songs or whatever, or um, like movies, like. Um, like the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like I'm like I'm I'm big into the superhero movies and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and I would I would never say like these are the finest like cinematic films like ever crafted and sure. like things like that. But I find it really interesting that like obviously something's connecting like with people if they're so so popular. And then like what ideas are they like sneaking in like to the audience or like whenever something big like does find a way to also have a message like a movie like thor ragnarok right. or things like that like i i love whenever people are able to find a balance of something that's able to connect to a lot of people and that people are like genuinely enjoying and happy sure. about but also um but also has like a deeper um level yeah. to it as well definitely well and i think it's i think there's something really common in um both the movie uh movie critique industry and the gaming critique industry where it's it's very much consumer oriented, where people mm -hmm. are very concerned about bang for buck and um, how it affects the player, and not that those aren't important thoughts to have, but I feel like when you go so far in that route, you kind of lose track of just the the core of playing a game, which is how you feel, or the core mm -hmm. of watching a movie, which is how you respond to it. And mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm always appreciative of those reviewers out there who can incorporate that into their into their critiques and obviously there's definitely still place for things like steam reviews where they're letting you know exactly like hey uh there's a lot of microtransactions here there's uh the, the developers did something scummy so now i'm getting mm -hmm. negative reviews like there's place for that and there's value to it um but i i, I worry that sometimes we get so detached to just how we actually feel when we experience these pieces of art mm, right yeah and ultimately that's that's what makes art so important is the emotional side of it um, mm -hmm. So any kind of sharing of that is is stuff I always appreciate, but um, you know that's that's kind of like a, a separate tangent. Um, a, a, another thing I wanted to ask about, since we're just checking off all the, uh, the art forms on the list, um, yeah. <laughs> you also spent a little bit. Uh, you have a little bit of experience in hosting a podcast too, right? Uh, in which you actually do something similar, where you talk more about games on more of the emotional side, right? Um, mm -hmm. Can you kind of explain your thought process behind starting that and? Um, whether or not you might return to it and just your overall experience with it. Yeah. So, um, this was kind of a test project that I did, um, last summer and it, and it is actually, um, this, this is one of those ideas. There's a lot of, um, 
there's a lot of shows that I've like kind of tried over the the years, and then I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'll come back to that. But the, sure. this one, I like the idea of it enough that I definitely want to return to it. Mm-hmm. And it was basically just the idea of sitting someone down, like any sort of guest, and just asking them their question of, what's your favorite video game? And I don't right. even remember exactly where that concept kind of originated from, but I fit. I found that that was a really good question just to start a conversation with someone because no matter what your level of like interest is in games or anything, you're still going to have a favorite game. Like if I asked my mom, like, what's your favorite video game? She'd still be able to say like, oh, like I, I like Dr. Mario. Like I really, I had a good experience with that or I have good memories of this game. So everyone, it's a question that's always going to have an answer, but it also, um, it can go in so many different directions because like, um, we're not talking about what's the what's do you think's the best game, and yeah. then like um, talking about like all these like how do you define the best and everything. Sure. It's just what what is that person's like personal favorite game, or at least what um, what comes to their mind first whenever they're asked that. For sure. And um, yeah, exploring that from like the impact they have on people, like why a game is someone's favorite, like if they just really yeah. click like with the actual game design, or if something special like happened in their life that they like associate with that like there's an infinite amount of reasons that that could um yeah uh, that someone could have a favorite of any form of medium and right it's um i i at the time that i started and it's something i still like truly believe in um was that like the po- talking about like the positives or like just why someone is really into like video games um is such a more like interesting conversation um at at least from my point of view than like why do you hate this or like what's what are problems in the games industry or and like obviously like problems in the games industry and everything like obviously people should be talking about that um for sure but um i don't feel i'm as like qualified like i'm not an investigative like journalist or or anything like that and I'll, i'll call attention to like bs when i see it and everything and and try to be as helpful as possible but i feel like as as someone that that likes to entertain people and be like a comedian and everything right i felt that was a really good um launching point to just have a nice like positive conversation with someone about um an industry that i feel like really 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 passionate about yeah well and and um you know like you said there's there's infinite amount of stuff to talk about even if you were to to ask someone the question they both bring up the same game nobody's going to have the exact same experience with it right it's, exactly it's yeah such an intimate relationship between the the player and the the well rather the audience and the art to, to tie it back into stuff that's already been said but mm-hmm. um and I, I i found that the the more years i go into listening to uh game critique and whatnot i i find that there's a severe lack of that kind of discussion at least in my general vicinity maybe i'm not reaching mm-hmm. far enough but i always crave those kind of discussions so i um I basically I think it's a really good format and uh, I, I hope you return to it at some point because I'd love to see more of those those um, true pieces of emotion that you just hear from people and, yeah uh, thank you I I yeah I think that like literally one of the best like conversations you can have with someone is just like is when anyone like vents about something they're really passionate about or like absolutely. something they love like those are those are just the best things to listen to even if you don't like understand like most yeah. of the stuff um people are saying um like hearing their passion is enough 
Yeah, it's like you're you're happy for them. It's like I don't yeah. I don't know all the like minutia of like this fighting game that that you're talking about and right. and like why it's like just so good. But like I'm happy for you. Like I'm glad yeah. that it like from what they know of it that it's like yeah. hitting those boxes for them. And what's funny is is the games with the most emotional responses from people are the the emotions don't typically come from particularly the mechanics themselves and yet the mechanics of a game seem to be the most discussed part in game critique um mm-hmm. talking about you know they, they'll break it down into like story music gameplay and stuff like that um and i think ultimately if you entirely talk about mechanics there is going to be a level of stagnant in what you hear and say because there if there's a level of if objectivity exists, it would exist with mechanics with regards to game critique, right? Mm. Um, with something being good or bad. But hearing specifically people's stories about older games, which typically, um, you know, have mechanics that might not be as fl- fl- uh, fleshed out as mechanics from games now, um, mm. you just get to hear a separate side of the discussion, and you're no longer doing historical critique on it. You're just hearing a response of something important to someone, and. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I basically really crave that, but uh, I don't mean to stay on the the podcast topic forever. But um, I do think it, it, an interesting question to ask after that would be, uh, just because you've been on the platform for so long and you've tried many different styles of creating your content, mm-hmm. what do you think is is what are the things that you've kind of let go of in your creating process? And is there like a core that you've always kind of held on to with regards to making work? Like, is there one string of consistent consistency that you felt? through everything that you've created on the platform um that's a that's a difficult one because um i i start like i started doing youtube like literally a couple months after my 18th birthday um and Mm -hmm. now like i'm 26 now on my on my way to 27 uh so i like i did a lot a lot of like growing up um from like when i started my channel to like later on like um and even like the early years like i think i i literally was like doing this during like over the biggest years of change of my life and like i would see myself kind of as a mostly different person than when i started so right i i think one of the uh the things that I kind of have dropped um, in the back half of my career was um, there. There was um, I. I used to have kind of a, a lot more of the the typical like video game humor, um, like sure. kind of uh, making making fun of, of like bad games and stuff like that. Um, like like I I did a whole bunch of like the Sonic the Hedgehog bashing and like things like that. Like that's a whole right. <laughs> a whole like meme on my channel and everything but um over over time um just as as youtube kind of changed and it became like more and more popular for like all these like reaction vids and more and more people right. to, like talk about games um and just as it became more popular for like these like gaming sins videos and everything like that um and kind of a more like negative outlook on right. like this is why this game's the worst or like the game that ended this franchise and everything right. as that became like more popular i kind of started to draw away like from my part in that um sure. and like so these days like i don't like whenever they announce a new sonic game like i don't like make fun of that and things because i'm a lot more in the perspective like if just because um 
uh, a video game series like doesn't particularly like do it for me. Like obviously yeah. there's a lot of fans. So I'm a, I'm a lot more of a like live and let live kind of sure. like <laughs> uh, perspective yeah. now. Um, just a- any any of the like combative elements of like running a YouTube channel that I might have like indulged in like a bit earlier on. Um, I, I feel like that by this point, that's just like, it, it's not worth it. Um, sure. and, uh, it, it's a lot better to just like, uh, go hard, like for the things that you enjoy. Um, and like always right. like, be doing stuff kind of in good faith and like with good humor and stuff like that. Right. Um, and so in, in terms of, of stuff that I feel like I've kept consistent the entire way through, I, I think that core of like both offering like something valuable to people and like entertaining them at the same time. Like, I think that has been, even if I couldn't fully articulate that, I've always kind of like really felt strongly about mixing those two, um, avenues. So yeah, if, if I had to give an an answer, but, um, yeah, but, but the question like immediately kinds to bring to mind, like, wow, like I'm really different from like the outlook (laughs) I had on like, sure. So, I mean, it's it's been a, a learning experience, basically, a creative yeah, journey of yeah. finding what that core might be as time has gone on, right? Mm-hmm. And and do you feel more confident in, in in your work's purpose nowadays, or do you feel like you're still kind of looking? Um, well, I feel like for me personally... Um, Cause I, I'm kind of at the point where like, I don't, I don't make the, uh, 64 things wrong videos at, at the moment. Um, it's been sure. a while since the last episode of really freaking clever. Um, cause those videos, um, I don't know how much you want to talk about like the business side of like YouTube and stuff, but like, I love everything. Go the, for it. <laughs> um, uh, I, I used to, th- cause I took, um, a bunch of, uh, hiatuses in recent years, um, some mental health stuff and, and things like that. And kind of like, uh, reassessing like what I want to do creatively. And that's sure. kind of what eventually led me to realizing uh, I want music to be a part of my creative life again. Um, but d- during all that, uh, I think, um, what, what was the question again? I think I got kind <laughs> well, of off track there. I, I'm just curious if like, um, like now that you've kind of started again with music and uh, making a little bit more of a return to YouTube, mm-hmm. um, do you feel that, that your your purpose in what you create do, does that become more clear to you or do you feel like you're still kind of looking for that with regards to like a core or something that you you have to articulate to other people basically mm-hmm. yeah i um with, with the music and what and what i've been doing on streams lately i feel like i'm at the point where i i know a lot more about myself and like what i want to accomplish like creatively sure um, I think I'm still working out like how exactly like the vehicle the, to get it there. Basically. Yeah. The, what, what's the best way at the moment? Cause they're mm-hmm. like, YouTube's always changing. Like algorithms are always changing. Um, For sure. and yeah, I w I was going to say like, I, um, I've taken a few hiatuses and I used to think that that like really messed with like my YouTube metrics. And that was why like, Oh, like people don't, whenever I put out a video, like it's getting less views than it used to and stuff. And for a while, I just assumed that that was because I hadn't uploaded on YouTube like really consistently and the algorithm sure. was really mad. But um, that it's kind of a common refrain I've been hearing from like people that also like are around my size or like started around that time is that just right. views and, and like the, the type of, of YouTube that we do like um, 
kind of that niche of like Nintendo commentary, like sure. um, analysis and everything. Um, it, it's a lot rougher out there um, in terms of like what YouTube will show to people and what right. it actually like, uh, just how everything works. So that's something that I'm still trying to figure out um, as I kind of dip my toes back into like regular content creation again is like what, how how does this work these For days? Because sure. everything is always changing. But um, in terms of actually what I'm making, um, yeah, I do feel like I've, with a lot of reflection and everything, I'm a lot more solid on what I want Definitely. to be doing and like the point of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I how I've kind of felt with this podcast was I, I had, I in 2020 amidst all the quarantine stuff, I'd kind of rediscovered what it was that I, I had my purpose in, in this, in this content in uh, mm-hmm. the field of entertainment. Uh, and I basically went to the drawing boards and I had to think like, what's an effective way to actually deliver this message? What can I use as a vehicle? And it ended up being podcasts working out relatively well for me in that front. Right. But ultimately, um, as long as you still have that core and that purpose of, of something you want to share, um, you know, the, the vehicle will eventually build itself, right? Like, mm-hmm. ultimately, that's what shines in your content. And I'm glad that you feel like you have more of a handle on that now. Um, so uh, do you feel like you would ever take maybe your, your creative drive off of YouTube into other platforms, like possibly in um, further in the music industry or, or maybe in something you physically make or... Uh, do you still feel like YouTube is still the best place to effectively get your purpose across? Yeah. So I've, um, um, in recent years, I don't like see myself as like strictly, I guess like a, a YouTuber anymore sure. because, cause, um, I, I guess my outlook now is, um, like you, YouTube is just one part of like the larger kind of like online, like sphere now. Absolutely. And that's kind of like, like we have such a crossover now between like people that got big in like movies are doing stuff on YouTube, like people um, that got started on YouTube, like get specials with Netflix or like do sure. Like there's, there's just so much different crossover and a lot of the walls between like different mediums seem to be kind of breaking down. So um, that's, (laughs) that sounds kind of pretentious, but I I guess I like, I, I try to kind of view myself as like, um, I'm an entertainer, like I'm yeah. trying to offer out like what I can and like my kind of unique perspective and skills to Absolutely. the world. And um, so, I, and at the moment, like YouTube is still kind of um, one, of, one of the best ways to be able to independently like get myself out there because like right. YouTube, like I don't need like a production company or anything like that. Like it's still, I have a channel and I have people that want to see my my stuff so youtube's still kind of the best um avenue at the moment for that but i guess i don't see myself as like tied to to youtube or anything and because there is like other projects like i've worked on like scripts for um uh for potentially like an independent film or something like that and i've done like a little bit of acting on television and stuff locally um so it's all kind of um Build it, building kind of myself up um, as an entertainer um, and less being beholden to like a specific platform. Right. Because we're ultimately creators who are not bound by the means at which we get our work out there. It's we can go other places and still. have Exactly. Like, and yeah. that, I guess that's like a benefit of being a YouTuber is that like if you have an idea for another like medium or something, you can't like you're not signed into a contract that you right. can't do anything else. Yeah. 
Well, and, and I think that might lead to another interesting question. Um, do have you had many um, occupations outside of YouTube that were also creative that you maybe had things about it that you liked or didn't like? Like, to what extent have you mixed creating with working, basically? Because I uh, obviously YouTube is is also relatively it is work for you as well as as creating, <clears throat> and I'm curious if you've had any conflicts of those merging or any ex other experience with that in general. Um, I haven't really had a whole lot of uh, conflict because um, I was I was really lucky. Um, I started my uh, my YouTube channel while I was at university. And by the time uh, that I kind of finished my degree and was ready, like at the point where I would have to start like looking for jobs with the degree, I was at the point where I could pretty much do YouTube uh, full time. Right. And so I was kind of able to go direct from university to that. Um, so and and during um during university like the summer jobs to kind of keep myself going um explicitly like weren't creative based right. um and i remember at the time that was like kind of a real struggle where i was like i don't want to be like sitting at a desk like just typing stuff like i want to right. i want to be making dumb jokes about zelda <laughs> and sure, um, sure and so uh eventually i was able to do that um for a few years but just with with the way that YouTube um, has been going, I actually did have to um, start doing um, some other contract work. And uh, I'd actually just started a gig doing um, social media for um, a, a, some grocery companies uh, in Canada here. Um, and I, I'd started doing that um, a couple months uh, before COVID began and then unfortunately kind of lost that job. It was as a downsizing thing. Mm. Um, due to uh covid so i i didn't get to have a whole lot of experience um right. going from being a youtuber to suddenly having to use those skills in like a create in a professional environment but right. for the couple months i was able to do that that was actually a really really interesting kind of change of pace to suddenly sure. from having gone to like running my own uh like a, a position where I was kind of like the be all like end all creative because at right. the end of the day, like it's it was my name on the videos and I um, I would do most of the work myself. And even if I did like commission out anything like I still I still had like kind of complete control, whereas For now, sure. like um, it was much more of like a big group project. And like I had this boss definitely has to approve my work and I need like this right. person's approval and everything. Um, so it was it was a bit of a difficult transition in that way, but it was I think it was a really good experience to have because because yeah. um, like on on bigger projects like you're not it's really rare that you're gonna be like the one that's in complete creative control and I think like collaboration and um, that sort of thing is such an important skill to for be able sure. to have and so I kind of got a crash course in that for a few months before um, COVID started and right. it, it was. It was really, really eye-opening and interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, you still felt that was a, a creative endeavor, uh, managing the social accounts. Like, did you still find yourself doing similar things? Yeah. That you do so it was, um, it it was uh, social media, and then it was like a lot of graphic design work, and there sure, was yeah. even like a few, um, like d designing grocery store like flyers and everything. And it was, okay. it was, uh, but like all my all my Photoshop um, skills from having to make like YouTube thumbnails right. over the years, like actually was um, a huge perk um, for imagine. that position. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a really weird thing to have be like the bulk of my resume that like, 
I like I was self sufficient on a YouTube channel for like seven yeah. eight years, but um, but it it, it does have a, um some crossover with the industries I've kind of found myself for in sure. since. Yeah, and um, did did you find that during that time? it made you more excited to go back and work on your own personal projects? Like, did you, did you feel more excited to stream or, or work on other things because <clears throat> you spent time away from it? Yeah, it was, um, a huge thing, thing for me. And, um, I, I won't get like too, too much into it, but, sure. um, I was like at just the level of like, um, like size of a YouTuber where it was like, if I did everything or i guess youtuber and streamer at, at this point but right. if i did like everything right like um uh was had a good week of or a good month of streaming and like everything went well like i was good money wise but like if right. anything like would slip up um i was on i was basically going in the direction where like if any slip ups happened like i wouldn't be able to make like rent that month or something sure, like that yeah and so it was um uh, it was that like precarious position of like I was able to do full time like content creation, but like only barely. And so if anything like yeah, there was always that stress of like if I don't get like a like hit my allotment of like brand deals or like if I'm sick this month and like right. or just like aren't feeling like mentally well enough to like stream like every day this week or something. Like there was so much pressure to like have to be creative and like have to be on and for that to be like my sole source of income whenever the line was like that yeah. close to like uh uh whether it was a financial problem or not um i think like whenever i got the social media job and suddenly it was like oh like i'm making like a steady wage now right um like in return for my creative stuff that was such a healthier yeah um situation for me as a creative or to yeah. not be like if I just do one more video, maybe I'll, like Definitely. I'll have extra spending money this month. And so I don't, I'm not sure yet if I, if it was just because of the different nature of the work I was doing or just sure. because it was like, this is a set like paycheck and everything. Yeah. But that, that, um, was a huge weight like off my mind. And it made whenever, um, there was a lot of times that I'd like get home and like not be in a creative mood. Cause I've been right. like kind of burnt out from, like being on Photoshop all day. Absolutely. But um, I think it was overall worth it to have the stress of like, uh, like have the money stress be disconnected from what I was trying to do right. creatively. When it, whenever the margins are, are that thin, yeah. it was a real, yeah. So would you say you were overall a little less less or more productive when it came to your personal works? Because I, I've, heard, I've heard the story go either way where mm -hmm. uh, when your brain is always active working on another project um, and you're still exercising those creative muscles as soon as you go back to your personal one your brain doesn't turn off it continues to go and you can get more done I've heard a lot of stories basically of people saying that uh, creative uh, creative work specifically can help a lot with your personal projects um, but also I've heard stories of like you kind of mentioned earlier where sometimes you're just burnt out and you you spend everything <clears> on the work would you say overall you were more or less productive with your personal stuff at the time uh, it that's a tricky one to answer because um i think i would i feel like i was just getting into the swing of like of balancing out my, sure. my like energy of like okay like i can i'll do this at work and then like i'll have a little bit of time at home and stuff right. i was like just getting into the swing of that whenever covid kind of like shut everything sure, okay. down so um 
Uh, I don't have as like concrete an answer on that, but right. I, I feel like um, I was I was able to um, get more kind of creatively done because even like just during the day, like um, if I was working on like other stuff or like working on a flyer, like I might randomly have like a lyric idea or, or like just something right. pop into my head and would be like, oh, like I that's good and like write that down. Like it seemed like creating and stuff during the day and having that kind of be more structured yeah it also meant that like because my brain w- was like working like occasionally i would also get like a random offshoot idea i was like Absolutely. oh okay yeah that's that was nice um yeah it, it's it's interesting how that works because sometimes just having having specific time where you can't work on personal stuff almost mm-hmm. makes you think harder about the personal stuff like yeah, it's yeah it's like oh i have to work on actual work right. so i'm gonna procrastinate that Absolutely. by like get, getting ideas for what i actually want to work on yeah like i don't know if that's like that necessarily the healthiest reaction <laughs> it's got to be like, the best the, form of procrastination at the very least yeah it's it's at least yeah. yeah um but yeah that's definitely um kind of a thing where just like uh, ideas would like pop in when you're trying to work on Absolutely. other stuff and it was like those ideas wouldn't pop up unless like um i was kind of in that zone yeah um so th- yeah there definitely was like a, a lot of nights where it was like i j- i've been in front of a computer too much today like i just sure. can't but um i think overall kind of having my mind like in that zone for like someone else and then being able to occasionally Absolutely. like put it towards my own stuff i think that was overall um helped structure me a little bit yeah definitely i I, I um I work for my school as a video editor and uh oh, yeah. you know it's it's mostly just lectures and stuff and things that aren't entirely interesting to me specifically mm-hmm. uh so whenever I'm like putting it off you know with the editor open I can't help but think like well what if I tried editing this for this video or something like that right like your mm-hmm. brain will try to do anything except think on what it's actually supposed to think about yeah but because yeah. of that I I feel like I've I've come up with so many ideas that I normally wouldn't just because my brain was already prone to working it just was working on the wrong thing mm-hmm. um, yeah and I always exactly. find that fascinating um, yeah but anyway Tricking I don't mean brain. to stay on that forever yeah um, uh, so uh, since we're getting a little bit closer to wrapping up time, a uh, question I wanted to ask you is just, um, and this is a question I ask every guest, um, if you could give your past self one piece of advice when you began your creative journey, oh. what piece of advice do you think you'd give them? Now, I understand it's a difficult question, I'll, and I'll give you a little bit to think about it, but um, you know, you, you can shape it into something else. You can shape it into maybe just something you've learned, some valuable piece of information, something you see in other creators that uh, nowadays that you um, you wish they understood going in since you've been around for so long at this point. Um, what what kind of advice would that be, basically? Um, Even if it's not like the number one piece, you know, um, just anything that might help someone out there listening to this uh, who are just starting out in either the YouTube scene or really any creative scene in general. Yeah, um, I, I think I, I really agree with, uh, with what you said about mm. um, you, you, need, you need to be making like what you want to do. And I think there's, um, I think there's kind of a, there's a mixture between um, planning stuff out like before sure. you get started and that idea of um, finding it uh, along the way kind of yeah i i think there's um there's an interesting uh mixture of that because whenever whenever i started youtube i feel like it was even it was even more important to kind of um uh have ideas kind of 
set in stone from the idea or like to have a, a good hook to like get people sure. um, in. I think a good hook is um, is pretty important. But um, it seems to me that um, I guess recently with, with YouTube, it, it seems like things are a lot more kind of freeform and um, like there's there's kind of less restrictions on that. Right. Like people have a lot like wilder thumbnails or like don't feel the need to like organize stuff into um into like series as much as they used to right um so i i think it's um i i hate having to give like the the advice like find a balance because like finding that balance is way um easier said than done um but it's that idea of like having having a hook so that um you're able to easily explain to people like kind of what you're doing or what makes you unique or right. like something to entice people in. But at the same time, like so much of doing creative work and kind of figuring out like what you actually um, want from a show, you can only find that by doing. It's like right. um, like there's so many sitcoms that like people will say like it doesn't get good till like season two or like halfway right. through the first season because it's like that's whenever like the actors and the writers like really kind of like finally figured out oh this is what this character Absolutely. is and, right. and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I I think it's um, that idea of like. Put, put work into it like don't just like um if you if you want to be a creator and like grow and um and like be an like make an art out of this right um you, you need to like put some thought into it and and figure out like why you're doing it because otherwise yeah. you, you're kind of just always scrambling but at the same time um you still I think have you, to actually do it too basically yeah you, you need to like actually do it but then also i guess like if you feel like you're being tugged in a different direction or like you want to do something else yeah. you didn't like quite realize until then like don't don't be afraid to kind of like experiment with that because right. um like with all with all the complaints that there is about like youtube and like algorithms and things like that mm-hmm. like this is a platform where at the end of the day like you're your own boss like you get to make your right. uh what you want to make so like take advantage of that if like if you're in a position where you get to make stuff and you don't have like a corporate like overlord or like a producer that's like right. you need to do this thing like um take take advantage of that freedom and and don't be afraid um to explore a little bit uh beyond what you've planned right so um i think there's i don't know if it's like a stephen king quote or something but um he he says something about um he he'll outline every now and then, but he always does it in very faint pencils, so that if he uh, right. if he if he has to, he can he can go outside the bounds or something. I, sure. I might be misquoting that or thinking of the wrong author. That sounds good that, either way. It, it, yeah, it sounds like that kind good of idea. Advice. Yeah. Well, and I I think um uh you know what better time to experiment with what you want to do than at the start, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. not like you have any stakes anyway, right? So yeah, I, and I I think you know, and this is also a similar experience to me, but, you know, looking at the greats and seeing other people do great things. Like nowadays people probably look at a channel like Scott, the Waz or something and, and think mm-hmm. like, I want to make exactly that kind of content. If you ever feel a tug away from that, then you shouldn't ignore it, especially when you're mm-hmm. first starting off. 
um, because ultimately there are so many different ways you can drive your content and sometimes some formats are just not as good as others for you basically so mm-hmm. I, I think that's good advice and um, also the unique advice too that's what's nice about this question is that it never yields the exact same answer and I, I appreciate your um, specifications of balance specifically and uh, mm-hmm. I think that could help people out there um, so I'm going to move on to the last question I want to ask today, uh, which is just okay. basically another question I usually ask a lot of creators, and that's just uh, how you've been creatively handling everything going on in 2020, and now, of course, mm-hmm. post-2020, even though we might still actually be in 2020. So <laughs> I'm just curious on a creative level how that may have affected you. Um, I, I, I don't mean to pry into anything personal or anything like that, but just um, whether or not you've indulged in more content, you've uh, mm-hmm. felt more inspired to make things less inspired. What's been your general reaction to everything going on? Um, honestly, like uh, the lockdown and everything, like it, it hit me really hard. Um, sure. I honest, um, um yeah, because I, I mentioned that, like, I, I had, like, a, a social media job, and I kind of feel like I was just getting that balance of, like, me as a creator and, like, balancing out my life between, right. um, like, making stuff and kind of the rest of my life. And then um, and then COVID kind of hit, like, just whenever I was, like, right on the verge of, like, kind of getting my shit together, for lack right. of a better term. Yeah. Um, and so that was... Um, like last summer, like whenever uh, we had like the couple months of like lockdown and then things like seemed like we were kind of going in, in a better so direction. <laughs> yeah, if, if you remember that. Yeah. Um, like I, I started kind of doing like a rebrand on my channel and like updated a bunch of my art assets and was like, okay, like glad that those few months are over with, but like now it's time to relaunch everything, everything and like take what I've learned from like these few months of self-reflection. Sure. And then as things kind of just got worse um, and uh, there was some other mental health stuff that I kind of had to deal with, it was just a 2020 was like a really difficult year. And it kind of there was kind of multiple levels of like having to reassess like what why am I like a creator and like what do I enjoy about this? And so I I think it was a it was a year where everyone kind of did a lot of soul searching because like what else are you going to do when you're locked um out so i didn't um from like a normal content creation like standpoint um i i didn't really get like a a whole lot done um during um quarantine like there was a the few months like last summer but then after that like it was um i kind of just had to focus on myself and like my life outside of youtube and staying healthy in that way um but so to kind of like um, end that on like an optimistic note though mm-hmm. was um, eventually uh, for the back half of uh, or I guess the first half of 2021 um, I went back and moved in with my parents for five months um, to help them out with some things and um, I specifically that was whenever I um, I learned guitar because up until um, that point the only instrument I really knew was uh, like music theory and chords on the piano, um, singing and drums. Right. And so I taught myself, um, uh, with the help of a friend, uh, guitar, like over the winter months this year. Okay. And I specifically, um, wasn't doing it like as a content creation thing. Like I wasn't yeah. like, I'm going to put out a song or anything. Like this is just a, a, this is a thing for me, something I can focus yeah. on like off camera and everything. 
And so over, like I, it was because of learning guitar that I like realized, oh, like I haven't been doing as much music stuff the last few sure. years. Like I really miss that. And so now like at, um, as time's kind of got on, I've gotten more comfortable and I'm like at the point where I'm like, okay, I want to start like presenting this to people. I think I can sure. like do stuff with this. I want to share these songs that I wrote over the past few months with people. And right. I, I like, I have written a few songs and um, like, so it was, it was a creatively satisfying time. Like the last few months, even if I wasn't sure. putting out content um, and kind of, I'm now at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm in a, I'm in a better spot now. I have these songs right. in my head and everything. And so now I'm like figuring out the best way to like put them out into the world and kind of take advantage of all the kind of soul searching that went on over For the course sure. of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that it had a little bit of an uptick around the end. I, you know, it, it was, it, well, it still is such a saga and, you know, there's these <clears> pinpoints of, of lows and a little bit higher lows right all throughout yeah um and i'm glad that ultimately as we are hopefully coming to a close with that saga you are uh feeling more creatively inspired than when you went into it um mm -hmm. with regards to you know refining your passion for music production and stuff like that um mm -hmm. and i hope that kind of continues throughout 2021 as we figure out this new year um yeah and i think on that note uh we're just about out of time so um Thank you so much for joining me here. And, uh, of course, thank you to all, all of you watching out there. Um, if you would like to check out Really Freaking Clever, also known as Josh, uh, then, of course, you can go to his YouTube channel as well as many other places, right? Would you care to plug anything that you have going on in your life? Yeah. So um, I just put out um, my first rock and roll uh, single uh, literally yesterday. Um, so if you look up uh, Josh Busker uh, on Spotify, uh, my new... <laughs> hit single zillion million um is out now uh so if you want to check that out um it's also up on my youtube channel a lyric, lyric video um so that's my current kind of uh creative focus is working on this album that'll hopefully be coming out this year um but i, I also do um a bunch of twitch streaming every now and then um at twitch.tv slash really freaking clever so that's where you can find me if you're looking for me these days for sure. And uh, the best place to be updated on any new things that arrive would probably be Twitter. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I also be found on uh, on Twitter at uh, freaking clever. Well, there you go. So make sure you guys check out Josh and everything that he's doing over there. Uh, check out his music video, of course. Um, and then also, uh, thank you so much for listening to this. If you'd like to check out anything that we've talked about in a more condensed form, you can find highlights over on my channel. And of course, if you're here on Patreon, thank you so much for your support. And we are now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and any other place you'd like to listen to podcasts. So feel free to uh, tune in over there to see any of the public podcasts available. Uh, and of course, I'll see you guys in the next episode. So, so long. Bye-bye.